Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything that there is to know about diplomatic boycotts and ice. Ice. <laughs> no, I can't say it. Rachel jinxed me. <laughs> I stuck scheissen. <laughs> Today we are starting our series on the Winter Olympics. Uh, we're doing some mini-sodes. We did this for the Summer Olympics and we're doing this for the Winter Olympics where we go through and we talk about specifically the various individual sports uh, that we will be theoretically, probably, seeing uh, in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, but also we're kicking it off by talking about the Winter Olympics and specifically these 2022 uh, Winter Olympics as well. So I am here with uh, Rebecca, who is usually our hockey person, and with Rachel, who is usually our baseball guru. But uh, Rachel, what have you got for us today? Well, today I've just planned a, a nice little overview of uh, what we're looking at here, both in the Winter Olympics in general and uh, 2022 specifically, uh, as well as some uh, fun facts and discontinued sports, which are... Uh, my favorite Yay. part of this. Yeah, those are great. Yes. Okay, so first up, a little history lesson. So the very first Winter Olympic Games were held in 1924 in Chamonix, France. So it's 28 years after the first Summer Games, the Athens 1896. Uh, originally, yeah, that's were... quite a bit later than I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Took them a little while to get things together. Though there were uh, some winterish sports that were... That made appearances at the Summer Olympics, they especially just didn't that have their own category. Yeah, especially that one, you know, French Games where it was a free for all. <laughs> right. Okay. So there are five original sports uh, broken into nine disciplines. They were bobsleigh, curling, ice hockey, Nordic skiing, uh, and skating. Mm. So the first gold of that Olympics was awarded to a U.S. speed skater named Charles Jutraw. Who was the therefore the first uh, Winter Olympic champion? Right. Uh, interestingly, right. after the closing of that first games, the IOC gave medals to a British mountaineering team that tried and failed to climb Mount Everest. Interesting. All right. Sure. All right. Why not? I, can I get a medal okay. for that? I'm confident I would <laughs> fail at climbing Everest. <laughs> you got to try first, though. Rebecca. I can. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll give I mean, you a I little you tried. Wait, I won't try hard. <laughs> Get to the bottom and then exactly. like, take two steps. Oh, oh, I tried. I tried. Well, at that point, you <laughs> have technically metal. climbed Mount Everest. You just didn't say how far. I suppose that's true. Oh. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right, anyway. New, new bucket list item. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, of course, at this time, they were still being held in the same year as the Summer Olympics, though uh, often not in the mm -hmm. same city. I don't think ever in the same city. Um things continued it was uh skipped in 1940 and 1944 for world war ii that makes it sound like they took time off to do world war ii which is a weird <laughs> phrasing of that but they were canceled in 1940 and 1944 <laughs> because everybody was fighting yeah uh, okay they so, didn't have uh, a place and, to hold it <laughs> yeah because of war a little bit a little bit all right Nobody so to go be in it either <laughs> in 1992 uh the, they then uh, made the move to alternating even year cycles. So you had 1992 was the full, the last year of all Olympics in one year. 
Um, so then, mm-hmm. that 1992 in Albertville. Then two years later, they had uh, 1994 Winter Olympics in Lillehammer, 1998 Nagano, so forth. So uh, I, I, sorry, Rachel, I know you said you had a lot to cover. You were going to try to go quickly <laughs> and we're clearly not helping with that, but I'm going to interrupt again anyway. Um, not unexpected. What, what year, 92, when they, mm-hmm. when they split them up? God, yeah. I have such a vivid memory of that, but I would yeah, have been, but I would have been eight. Like yep. how vivid a memory can it be if I was that young? Well, I I also no, think I remember the, everything. the 1994 were very uh, eventful, especially for U.S. figure skaters. So That's I think that true. kind of mm. looms large in okay. my memory, at least. I don't know if it's the same for you. Okay. Could be. Okay. So for the Winter Olympics have been held four times in the U.S., three times in France, and then twice in a bunch of other places. Uh, the overall medal leader, does anyone want to take a guess what country has won the most medals at the Winter Olympics? It's either us, Canada, or Russia. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, or maybe France. You are all wrong. China. Yeah? Yeah. Switzerland. China. Keep going. I ain't heard right. it yet. Oh, oh we're still no, wrong. No, not China. You're, you're, you're still wrong. Sweden. We're still wrong. Mexico. Norway. Nancy got it. Norway. Eight. Norway? Norway, Yes. Yeah! Norway is the medal leader with 132 gold and 368 total medals. Damn. Uh, followed by sense. the U.S. and Germany. However, How far behind, Germany, How far behind them are we? Uh, we're at 105 gold, 305 all medals. Okay. Um, however, if you combine the various German teams that have been over the years, East Germany, West Germany, a small mm. unified Germany team, and then, you know... Germany original recipe, uh, and the various iterations of Russia, Soviet Union, <laughs> ROC, uh, Germany would actually be on top. Germany, mm. Norway, Russia, and then the U.S. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Uh, so as I mean, just as a point sense. of comparison, uh, mm-hmm. U.S. has 331 million people approximately in 2021. Russia has about 144 million. Germany has mm-hmm. about 83 million. Norway has about 5.4 million. Wow. Yep. So, but they also have a lot more winter. <laughs> this is true. Yep. <laughs> Significantly. Uh, overall, Norway, Austria, and Liechtenstein are the only countries to win more medals at the Winter Games than the Summer Games. I mean, again, stands to reason. Yep. Yep. Though, um, interestingly, that must mean that, like, Finland and Sweden and Iceland have won more medals at the Summer Games than at the Winter Games? I guess so. I do not have particular numbers at the moment, but but there's so many more summer sports than there are winter sports. That's true. That's true. So I think that accounts for a lot of it. Fair. Okay, now some fun facts. Uh, The 1964 games were held in Innsbruck, Austria, but the weather was unusually warm that year and there was no snow, so the Austrian army had to bring it in. Nice. From Finland? Uh, Presumably. (laughs) Uh, after Salt Lake City was awarded the games in 2002, it came out that uh, a lot of bribes were involved in that decision of Salt Lake City getting the Olympics. Uh, it's funny, I don't I'm remember shocked. this at all. I wasn't paying attention, I guess. Bribes including land deals, college scholarships, and even medical treatments for the relatives of IOC members. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I mean, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest, yeah. but I don't remember yeah, it. Yeah, right. 
Uh, however, after that, it was then discovered that similar stuff had been going on for pretty much every city bid since 1988. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, Naturally. not surprising. Yeah, exactly. so 10 IOC members were expelled and another 10 were sanctioned. <clears throat> Interestingly, the president of the IOC, who did receive at least uh, two rifles worth like $2,000, <laughs> uh, wasn't sanctioned despite accepting the the relatively small bribe because he's a non-voting member of the committee. Uh, I believe the 1998 games in Nagano was uh, one of, if not the most expensive, uh, largely because of the cost of extending the bullet train from Tokyo to Nagano. Oh. Hmm. Uh, also, as hmm. of 2018, no city in the Southern Hemisphere has even applied to host the games. But also, they're well, scheduled to be held in February, which is not winter oh yeah yes exactly but yeah, i mean there are places there are mountainous places in the yeah because southern hemisphere yeah so i don't know if they'd be willing to reschedule to you know northern hemisphere summer i don't well and i wonder if there's even places like i mean i genuinely don't know this is totally me just making this up but i wonder if there are places in like the andes where you would have snow in february yeah but, like you could do it anyway or it, if there are those places if they're just too far from major population yeah centers. i think yeah. they probably don't have the infrastructure i was thinking that maybe new zealand mm-hmm. could um oh yeah. yeah but who knows but, but does australia have any mountains that would be high enough for um, that's a good question let's save that for our geography podcast sorry all right. <laughs> okay, not that i know of okay so now let's talk specifically about the 2022 beijing winter olympics mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be the first winter games in china uh the largest city to ever host a winter games and the first city to host both summer and winter games after the 2008 mm-hmm. uh summer olympics there will be uh 26 venues which supposedly are running on entirely renewable energy um, the the Beijing zone, it's kind of, there are kind of three zones throughout the country uh, where things are going to be located. The Beijing zone for ice-based events, uh, Yangqing zone for alpine skiing, bobsleigh, uh, skeleton and luge, which is, a, what are you calling those, sliding sports, was that, Nancy? Mm-hmm. Sliding, sliding sports, sports. And then the uh, Zhangjiakou zone, I will soon find out just how badly I'm pronouncing it, because I'm sure you'll mm-hmm. hear that a lot. Uh, for the rest of skiing, snowboarding, everything else. So in this uh, Olympics, there are more events than ever before. Uh, seven sports, 15 disciplines with 109 total events, which counts, you know, men's, women's, team, and combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new events this year, I, there are no new sports, but there are new events. Uh, men's and women's big air freestyle. Women's mono bob, which must be single bobsled, I guess. <laughs> Yes, correct. What a terrible you name, tell us about Mono the Bob. Mono Bob. I think it's so cute. Yes, it, it just makes me think of like Mono one Bob. guy named Bob sitting in a room. <laughs> it just makes me think of like a little rabbit or something, like a bobtail, <laughs> I guess. Just one little Mono Bob. <laughs> uh, we will also be having mixed team competitions in freestyle skiing, aerials, ski jumping, and snowboard oh. cross, and the mixed relay in short track speed skating. Oh, I love this. I love that we're getting more mixed... Yeah. Um, yeah. Mixed sex gender um yeah. events. That's yeah, really sex. cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Overall, uh speed skating, freestyle skiing, and cross country skiing have the most events within those sports. Mm-hmm. Um, the track of the winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more or less. Uh so Russia will once again compete as the ROC, uh, because its suspension goes till the end of twenty twenty three. Right. This is their last year of that. Olympic year, yeah. I don't know if for other international competitions they have to keep... Oh, I don't yeah, know. I don't but know. last Olympics. 
Um, Taiwan will once again continue to compete as Chinese Taipei, which is something I didn't notice until the, this past Olympics, that that's mm-hmm. who that is. Um, the medal, the design of the medals will be based on Chinese astrology since the games will coincide with the Lunar New Year. Oh, oh that's fun. That's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, our mascot is Bing Duen Duen, which sort of means lively ice child. It uh, is a panda <laughs> in a vaguely astronaut-like outfit. All right. Why didn't they pick a tiger? Isn't it the year of the tiger? It's, but it's in China, so it's a panda. Okay. Not everything <laughs> well, is guess... about the Lunar New Year. And I guess because wasn't the like a tiger a big part of either the the 2018 or the 2014 was it the the mascot? Uh, you, you're asking the wrong. I am. I didn't even know the mascots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we did our summer. I think scenes. that either uh, uh, Pyeongchang or Sochi had a white tiger as their okay. mascot. So maybe they're just trying something new they and different don't want to double up on them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh the Paralympic mascot is Shui Ron Ron, an anthropomorphic Chinese lantern. I think they got kind of shorted this year. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay, the opening ceremony uh will be the evening of February 4th local time. Of course, I didn't bother to look up the uh hour conversion cuz I think I was even wrong Wait. last time when I did what the What day of the week is that? Uh Look February 4th? how cute that little thing is. Yeah. That's the mascot. Yeah. Bing Duen Duen is real cute. Shut up, Nancy. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking up to see. Uh, yeah, Pyeongchang was a was a little tiger, a white tiger. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, no, I don't know what day of the week that is. Well, I'll look it up. Okay. I'm just curious because I I want to know if it's the same day as like the Super Bowl because that would be poor planning. No, they would not have. I don't think it's a Sunday. What, the first day of the Olympics? Yeah. Isn't it February 4th? That's yeah. a Friday. Okay. So it's two days before the Super Bowl then. Yeah, I think that the NFL and the TV networks would move heaven and earth yeah. to make sure that the opening I, well, ceremonies... and that was <laughs> and the end. just what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, you know. Okay. So uh, opening ceremony will take place in the Bird's Nest Stadium, just like the uh, 2008 hmm. uh, Beijing Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh The events themselves will run from February 2nd to the 20th, starting with curling and ending with golds in bobsled, uh, cross-country skiing, curling, and hockey. All right, so I found a little bit about the COVID protocols. I didn't look into this too much because, you know, God knows what actually is going to happen. It said all athletes must remain in, quote, a biosecure bubble, unquote, with travel restrictions to and from venues, which I think sounds a lot more secure i think it's basically like the city (laughs) like Mm -hmm. calling it a bubble is again we've we've heard the term bubble abused quite frequently over the past two years is this going to be closer to a mesh hat yeah it sure sounds like (laughs) it uh unless uh vaccinated or they have a valid medical exemption people must quarantine for 21 days upon arriving um so that's starting about now and i also don't know how a valid medical exemption would mean you didn't have to quarantine yeah really. so eh. um so around the time we're recording this is is the time i think people are going to be flying over there Mm -hmm. um as of right now only residents of china may be spectators in the the venues so they're not allowing people to come in from outside i mean as as we record right now we are 21 days out from the oh exactly opening ceremony yeah 
Dang. So they have to be there now. Yes. Well, the people who start early and are going to the, yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, a big deal that we've heard about, or, you know, semi-big deal, um, has shown up in the news here is uh, the the U.S. diplomatic boycott, U.S. and some other countries Mm -hmm. are... uh, what's the word instating a diplomatic boycott against these games. Um, so the Biden administration came out was past December. Um, several other world governments, including great Britain, Australia, and Canada, uh, issuing this diplomatic boycott, of both the Beijing Olympics and Paralympics. Uh, what this means is these countries, athletes will still compete and still compete under their country's flags, but there will be no official government delegation sent with these teams. Uh, so for the U S no, mm-hmm. you keep going. Sorry. Okay, yeah. So for the U.S., uh, Biden administration cited uh, forced labor and human rights abuses, uh, specifically the genocide of the Uyghur Muslim population and other religious and ethnic minorities in the Xinjiang uh, province. And I I knew of this. I didn't really know much about this, so I did want to talk about it a little bit. And it is not fun. And all the trigger warnings here, um, Mm -hmm. what's going on. So it's this... uh, province in northwestern china that's on the border with kazakhstan and kyrgyzstan Mm -hmm. uh, several other uh countries too but those are the longest borders um the uyghur people are uh turkic in ethnicity and largely muslim um, as opposed to uh han chinese is kind of the, the largest ethnic population in china um the the uyghur people have their own language and identity in this uh region uh However, the government, uh, Chinese government in 1950s through 70s kind of sponsored a mass migration of Han Chinese there and since then have been ramping up various oppressive policies against the locals to forcibly assimilate uh, the population. The Uyghur genocide, which was officially recognized as a genocide by the U.S. um, in 2019, I believe, um, involves the largest scale detention of religious religious and ethnic minorities since the Holocaust. Um, approximately one million Muslims in detention camps experiencing things like torture, medical experimentation, forced labor, forced sterilization, and contraception that have dropped Uyghur birth rates by up to 60%. Mass rape, destroyed mosques and holy places, biometric surveillance, children forced into monolingual Chinese education, ban of names including things like Muhammad, the absolute creepiest thing. Um, There's a a program called Pair Up and Become Family by the Chinese government that sends male Han Chinese government workers into Uyghur homes for forced cohabitation and rape of female Uyghur residents, often when the husbands have been interned in the labor camps. Oh, I just got chills. Yeah. Um, So... Weirdly enough, UN member nations are still divided on whether or not this is classified as a genocide. Um, China, of course, has been using heavy propaganda, including paying Facebook for advertisements to claim that the detention camps are peaceful and humane places. Because, of course, China has a large economy, so nobody wants to piss them off and uh, stop trade. So, Rebecca, I think the... uh, question you were getting at was what does a diplomatic boycott what purpose does it functionally serve right um because it's it's meant to be symbolic without as it was stated by the administration when they put this announcement out without penalizing individual athletes and keeping them from you know having trained for years and years and years and then prohibiting them from competing 
And I tried to do a little bit of research on this of what purpose does it actually serve? Does it actually have an effect? I mean, on the one hand, it doesn't seem to do much. On the right. other hand, it must have at least a little function because only eight, eight nations are actually participating in it. So it's taking a small stand of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, China well, could I actually... Mean- I was going to say, it's it does draw attention to it. It does. Right, that's what I was yeah. going to too. I mean, I, you know, it made me do a little more research <clears throat> into it, so yeah. mm-hmm. that's something. And I mean, the problem, of course, is that the Uyghur thing has been going on for, like, decades. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and the concentration camp stuff, even for at least the last decade. Yeah. You know. I think, and, you know, like, 2018, um, China was forced to... Uh, like formally admit that the camps were even in place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's been a lot of uh, media coverage since then that have let people know what's going on. Um, And there's a potential that if any country tried to do a full boycott, um, China could, you know, put economic sanctions against them for a, you know, Mm -hmm. Olympic boycott. Sure. And as Mm -hmm. we know, we can't do anything to jeopardize that. Nope. Um, so the IOC is, as we've, we discussed a little bit last time, is they are or try to remain politically neutral. And, you know, the question I have, and there's no really good answer to it, is does that mean they're free from responsibility when it comes to choosing a host nation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I mean, I think this is part of a larger conversation, but is there such a thing as political neutrality? Yeah, that is a question. <laughs> Yes. And like, you know. And by yes, I mean, I think that's a right. question, not yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, you're listing off some of the things that are happening there. And I'm like, well, when is somebody going to enact a, a you know, um, uh, oh, my God, I just lost all of my words. When are they going to do that to us? Because like, yeah, we yeah. have camps where ster- forced sterilization mm-hmm. is happening and. You know, it might not be on basis of religion, but it's certainly on the basis of non-white status, for example. Yeah. And, you know, there yep. becomes a question about, well, where do you draw the line? So the IOSA is just saying, you know, we're not drawing a line. Right. And I'm not sure that's the right answer either. I mean, I would argue that not drawing a line is a line in and of itself. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Right. It's the decision to not make a decision, which is a decision. Right. Oof. Yeah, so well, I thought, well, you, so we don't... Yeah, I'm glad you yeah, I'm I, glad you brought that up. I think that's important. Yeah, I and I, I think so too. I think it's something we have to to keep in mind. But so we don't end the uh, episode on a, a totally awful note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Such a bummer. Because there is, you know, celebration to be had of human ath- athletic achievement here. I thought I'd talk about some uh, defunct or uh, demonstration Winter Olympic sports. So just like with the Summer Olympics, (laughs) there have been uh, not quite as many uh, wacky sports in the past. It's been actually kind of, you know, they've added more events, but it's a lot of the same sports uh, since the beginning. Um, But uh, the Olympics have allowed demonstration sports, because as we talked about, sports have to be popular on multiple continents and have a mm-hmm. lot of participants in mul- mm-hmm. multiple continents in order to qualify for a- the official Olympic competition. But the demonstration sports allow host countries to feature things that are popular locally without awarding official medals. They do award medals, but they're not considered official Olympic medals. 
Sadly, demonstration sports were discontinued after 1992, which, you know, I know, maybe they'll come back one day. So if we're talking about completely defunct sports, uh, one of the originals uh, was something called Military Patrol. Oh, dear God. Uh, It was only competed officially in 1924. I know, it sounds a lot worse than it is because it's essentially the same as the the modern biathlon. Oh, okay. Which is cross-country skiing and shooting, which if you think about it, I guess is what military patrols do. Shuffle, 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 bang. I don't know. Shoot, 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 yeah. Yep. (laughs) Shuffle, shuffle, bang. Um, So biathlon became official in 1960. Uh, one that I thought was, uh, it was not actually competed at a Winter Games. It was before the Winter Games. It was competed at the 1908 Summer Games. Special figures figure skating. And this involved figure skating where you're tracing patterns on the ice using the blade oh, yeah, of one skate. yeah, this is super interesting. So, yeah. so the figures are anything from like a very simple spiral to rosettes and stars mm-hmm. and elaborate cur- curly mm-hmm. cues. We should uh, bring that figures. back. Yeah, right? Yeah, it'd be... Yeah. It, it could be uh, the, like the rhythmic gymnastics of the Winter yes. Olympics. I mean, it'd be super cool to watch, yes. especially now that we have cameras that will, yes. you know, look down onto the ice. Yeah. And... You could get a, like an ice level camera that gets just the right angle to see the blades. Oh, that would be so fun. That'd be cool. Yeah. And the figures have names like beaks, spectacles, and cross cuts, which I think is delightful. <laughs> okay, so now on to the demonstration sports. From the least interesting to the most interesting, as decided by me, the only person who matters. <laughs> All right, so in 1948, we tried a winter pentathlon, which was, you know, the winter equivalent of the summer pentathlon, with sports of cross-country skiing, downhill skiing, shooting, fencing, and horse riding. Fencing. Not something I think of as a winter sport. Uh, you had to use icicles, I think. Oh, that would be Oh, okay, sure. All right, so in 1952, Oslo, we had a demonstration of something called bandy, which is like hockey, but you use a much larger ice rink. You use bowed sticks and a ball instead of a puck. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, so according to the FIB, which is a winter sports uh, organization, bandy is the world's second most participated winter sport after ice hockey based on the number of participating athletes. Wow. Uh, but it's still not considered globally popular enough for official status, though it is an official sport of Russia, I found out. Mm. That checks out. Okay, in 1936 and again in 1964, you had ice, ice stock sport, also called Bavarian or <laughs> in German. Here we go. I got to take a run up to this one. Ice stock shison. Good job. Okay. Very good. So ice stocks, they look a bit like the curling nuggets, but they're <laughs> essentially metal discs with long perpendicular handles. Uh, but you do the kind of the same, you slide it at the target. I'm not sure if a broom is involved. Um, there's a summer version you can play on tarmac, I guess. I'm not sure how. You got to Crisco it up on the bottom and then, I don't know. <laughs> All right. And here we have, in 1992, speed skiing. Uh, oh. Now, this is celebrates the grand human tradition of going very fast in a straight line. So mm. this uh, has a short course of about a kilometer, no turns at all, straight downhill. Oh, my God. Uh, you're going to get to speeds up to about 200 kilometers an hour. That's 124 miles Damn. per hour. Jesus. Um, and that's measured Damn. over the middle part of the course. So the first part of the course, yes. you're allowed to pick up speed. Your speed is measured over the middle 100 meters. And then the rest of the time, you got to slow your ass down before That's you hit something. Pizza cutter. <laughs> pizza slice. Yep. 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 The Do the wedge. Do the wedge. 
All right. Now, uh, this uh, may not surprise you, but it was discontinued because of too many deaths. I was going to say, that <gasps> sounds like it could get real dangerous. Yeah. And there, there are still courses across the world where this is uh, oh, wow. done in international competition. The courses sometimes are at such high altitudes because they're trying to reduce wind resistance that mm-hmm. people have died yeah. getting to the courses. <gasps> getting to no. the Yes. Pass. <laughs> Oh, man. So I'd rather really... try and fail to climb Everest. <laughs> so there's this really good Financial Times article about it, and I've got some great quotes with it from it. It uh, says, this, without a motor, there is no way on Earth to go faster. Mm-hmm. One assumes other mm-hmm. than straight up falling. Um, <laughs> in 2016, assisted only by gravity, Italian skier uh, Ivan Origone set an, a human land speed record of 158.424 miles an hour. Holy For comparison, shit, Usain Bolt ran 100 meters in 9.58 seconds. Oregone skied the 100 meter timing zone near the bottom of the course in 1.41 seconds. I just, it makes me think, do you guys know like the whole internet thing about Earth is Space Australia? No. No. Okay, so in brief, there's this delightful concept that, like, if we ever meet aliens, they're going to think we're all just batshit and live with so oh. many things that should be impossible. Right? Oh, okay. So Earth is space Australia. I gotcha. Right? Yeah, like, uh, Australia is the world's This Florida. feels like it falls right... <laughs> right, exactly. This feels like it falls right into mm-hmm. Earth is space Australia. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a sport that's so challenging that people die getting to the course. Yep. Like... Yeah, yeah. I like this quote towards the end of the article. In theory, speeds could continue to increase by using even longer and steeper slopes. This would eventually change speed yeah. skiing into something closer to skydiving, except with skis rather than a parachute. Since a slight but bump or gentle that. turn, <laughs> since a slight bump or gentle turn can easily prove fatal at such speeds, there is little appetite for this, which I'm going to call bullshit on because yeah. there are people that would absolutely yeah, want to do that. Oh, totally. Okay, so that was uh, speed skiing. Now we have, it looks like it should be pronounced ski whoring. <laughs> but I think it's something closer to ski shuring. Uh, now, this so was only. Potential titles in this episode. <laughs> a lot of delightful European words here. Uh, so, this was only competed as a demo sport in 1928, but it is found in a lot of uh, European. Uh, countries this is skiing behind either a draft animal or a motor vehicle that sounds fun now i would do as you might guess these so it's water skiing on snow yeah yes um so with a horse this was a traditional means of transportation of the indigenous sami people of lapland Mm. Uh, but then it began to be practiced as a competitive sport in france and switzerland um in the nordic games which are the early 1900s precursor to the winter olympics uh, ski shoring was done behind reindeer, but was, uh, Nancy's right. Horses were also used. It's the Iditarod. More or less. Yeah. Uh, but without dogs. Yeah. yeah. Without the sled. With larger because, dogs. Because dog oh, ski shoring is a thing. Oh. Uh, oh. Now it may have originated China. However, Wikipedia has this to say. Some good, some good uh, quotes in this Wikipedia article for uh Ski shoring. Since many leashed dogs naturally tend to pull a skier with no training, the sport cannot claim to have a single country of origin. <laughs> okay, that's cute. Also, and this is even better, small dogs, less than 40 pounds, are rarely skiing ski shoring. See, seen ski shoring. 
because they do not greatly assist the skier. <laughs> However, since the skier can provide as much power as is required to travel, any enthusiastic dog can participate. Oh my god. Aww. That's adorable. <laughs> So sometimes the human participants wear, wear a belt similar to a rock climbing harness, um, or they may hold on to a tow rope, depending on the size of the animal or vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now, as researching this, I figured out that I have actually done, uh, done a version of this called grass shuring uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. while being pulled behind a riding lawnmower. Oh, I have also done a version of this wherein I uh, was pulled on roller skates behind my friend on a bicycle in her driveway and it ended exactly as badly as you are thinking that it would end did you run into a parked car because that's what i'm imagining nope i just went straight oh. up and oh. straight back oh. down oh, okay, oh. okay. <laughs> and that's how i have the delightful personality you know and love today. now of course uh there was sled an actual sled dog race uh, was competed in 1932 as a demo sport. A six-dog sled over a 25-mile course, which was run twice for the best total time. Mm-hmm. And now we have arrived at my very favorite and final demo winter sport, ski ballet. <gasps> now, this one is a relatively recent one from within our lifetimes. What? It was demoed at the 1988 and 1992 Olympics. Um, again, great quote from the Wikipedia article, simply known as ballet in the ski world. <laughs> Just like in Hawaii, Hawaiian shirts are just called shirts. Uh, it's also called a cross ski. No, probably acro ski. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's, as you might expect, a choreography of flips, jumps, spins, rolls, and leg crossings down a smooth slope, sometimes performed to music. And to answer the question you're about to ask me, yes, there were costumes. Uh, you'll see Yay! moves like uh, moonwalking on skis, uh, using oh, wow. poles. That takes skill. using poles like either drumsticks or like you know flag, as though they were uh-huh. waving flags. Semaphore. Uh, yeah, spinning around on skis like figure skaters. Uh, I definitely recommend looking up YouTube videos of this one because it is, it is amazing what people can do with two long pieces of wood strapped to their feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually uh, going to be my question. Not not um, were there costumes, but is there video? Yes, because this was competed. It was uh, actually uh, big in the 1970s and 80s. You know how yeah. I can tell that it was big in the 80s? This image. Yep, yep. All of the, oh, it, all wow. of the images and okay. videos are the most Please 70s and 80s that. things you will ever see. I mean, there this are looks mullets. like that. There yes. are puffy sleeves. Immaculate vibes. Yeah, this looks like it comes from like a Jane Fonda workout video. The outfit yep. is a Jane yes, Fonda workout it video, does. but it's on skis. That's spectacular. Oh I love that. Yep, there was. So I have a follow up yes. question though. Was there synchronized ski ballet? Was this ever done in groups? Indeed, there was briefly a pairs competition that involved lifts yes. and synchronized movements. Yes. You are absolutely right, Nancy. I'm so into Now, it. unfortunately, the story has somewhat of a sad ending because uh, after it was demoed in 1998 and 1992, uh, it failed to gain official Olympic status and it kind of died out. Boo. So it, it and it was no longer competed on an international level after about 2000. Oh. Now, there are the freestyle skiing events that have, you know, jumps and spins in the air and stuff. But this is a lot of stuff with the skis like in contact with the ground and flipping over hmm. poles and 
all sorts of nutty things, which one thinks you should probably not do. I'm seeing some amazing gifts right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they, I saw a brief thing with a guy who used to do it and his knees are just completely shot now Ooh, because I mean, like, yeah, fair. Yeah. You, you do anything with your ski pointed the wrong way and you could easily pop something out just of something else. Everything. Yep. 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 Um, so some notable athletes, uh, Susie Chaffee, who is... You're going to be okay there. No, I'm fine. I just have to stop yeah. thinking about knees going yeah. the wrong direction. You have to you have to just zoom right by it in your brain, yeah. like I did. Uh, so Susie Chaffee, who was uh, popular enough to become a spokesperson for Chapstick at one point. You have Lane Spinna, who won medals at both the Olympic demos. Uh, Rune Christensen was the Norwegian champion throughout the 80s. A guy named Richard Schabel invented the one-handed pole flip. Wow. So once again, I highly recommend YouTubing ski ballet and looking oh, at will. some of the magnificence that we could have had. We could have had it all, and we don't know. This needs now. a resurgence. How do we bring this back? I don't know, because I, I can't personally petition. do this. <laughs> this looks amazing. Uh, yeah. Like, bless you, Rachel, for finding this and doing this <laughs> research. Because this has made it my is. week. <laughs> delightful yes this is amazing so that's what i've got on the winter olympics for our intro episode well thank you rachel that's terrific i feel like i have learned a lot and more of it was entertaining than i feared <laughs> given all yep. of the everything that i already knew about the winter olympics and our second olympics during a plague etc yep. etc et so i appreciate you teaching us of the wonders of ski ballet and i look forward to googling it later yes rebecca where will you be tweeting these marvelous gifts from and where else can people find us on the yes internet? i am definitely going to share this amazing like jane fonda <laughs> on ice jane fonda on skis uh on our twitter account at foulpuck pod um our instagram is foulpuck podcast our website is foulpuckpodcast.net and as ever, you can email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com, especially if you have a proposal for bringing back Ski Ballet. Yes. Ski Ballet. Absolutely. Uh, and I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing at Kevin and Clevin. I say this every time. You think I would get the words out of my mouth. And Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our music. This is going to be the episode that and Kevin would... listens to, and he's going to be furious. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Kevin. You do wonderful work. <laughs> and I would like to encourage everybody listening to this wonderful work to tell a friend, to share this on social media, and to go and rate and review us on your podcast broadcasting uh, device of your choice, uh, and especially on iTunes, because that gets us more uh, publicity. Everybody deserves to know about us. Do your part. And we will be back with more episodes of uh, about the Winter Olympics. We've got a whole bunch coming up. We've got hockey. We're going to have uh, the sliding sports and a whole lot more. So stay tuned and check us out.